When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the Gators Online Show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre here, and we have finally got football to cover, Nick. I know you smell that in the air. We're about to be on grass. There's about to be practices happening, and we are about one month away from the season. So uh, it's here, my friend. Made it through the offseason. Uh, baseball helped me get through get through that. Uh, they played for a while. But, um, yeah, Florida gets to start a couple days early since they have uh, the weird Thursday kickoff thanks to uh, the Pac-12, who has got their own list of issues going on right now. Uh, if you're following everything with Colorado and their TV rights deal. So uh, Florida and Utah get to start uh, a couple days early since they're kicking off on Thursday. Uh, and that just means a couple less days that we have to wait, Zach. I know, man. It's uh, it's crazy that we've gotten to this point, and um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to it. And we've got a lot of coverage at Gators Online for you guys to follow. So make sure if you haven't uh, read up on all of Nick's previews, do that. We'll have a uh, depth chart projection out right before camp starts, and uh, we've had some cool features this week. Nick's had a story on Graham Mertz uh, for you guys to get to know the new quarterback a little bit better. Um, I had a feature from spending a day inside the facility as well. Um, we'll get to that later on the show, but we got to start with Sunday, Nick, and that is when uh, the team officially reports for training camp. This is a special day for us in the media because we actually get to hear from more than Billy Napier. We get to hear from both coordinators. We get to hear from multiple players, but this is the only time that we will talk to Austin Armstrong and Rob Sale all fall. So this is an important day uh, to kind of hear what they have to say and, and their thoughts about the team going into the season. Uh, Nick, who are some guys that that you're looking forward to hearing from and what are some questions that you'll be asking? Um, well, I'll start with the uh, with the players that we're going to talk to. I think uh, I, I think all of us, you, you and me for sure, we're asking to talk to, um, you know, Cam Jackson. We're asking to talk to Damian George. Uh, to talk to, you know, Cam Carroll, some of these transfers, and we weren't able to talk to them in the spring, but um, I'm interested to hear Damian George. Um, you spoke with Cole Kublik at SC Media Days, who basically was talking about how much Nick Saban, how highly Nick Saban thought of, of this guy. And then yep. with Keontae Goodwin um, leaving the team to be closer to his mother, um, who's going through some health battles right now, um, it just is even more important for Damian George to be able to step up and, and to play and contribute right away at, at, on the right side of the offensive line. So uh, talk to him, talk to Graham Mertz. Uh, hmm. Only Florida's uh, making five players available and one quarterback. It's going to be Graham Mertz. Um, I, I think the writing is on the wall. I don't think we're, you know, being going out on a crazy limbs act to say that we expect Graham Mertz will be named the starting quarterback. And, and I think, Maybe we're making too much of this, but if you're only bringing one guy uh, to your your fall camp media day, to me that that tells me something. So, uh, talking to the guys, seeing where they're at, 
uh, all off season, Billy talked about year two of the program. It wasn't just about the players being in year two, but the coaches as well, the the trainers, the the nutrition staff. Everyone is is more comfortable. So just seeing where they're at as compared to a year ago, uh, this point, and uh, then we have to get into like the doldrums of camp where the guys start hitting each other for three weeks and and they get tired of it and. Uh, and you know, soon enough we'll be uh, heading out to Salt Lake. Oh man, uh, I cannot wait for that trip. I know you and I have both been on the road and joined some PTO, so I think we are we're both happy to be back at our home base. But I cannot wait for that trip. Um, I don't know when I'll go to Utah again. So we're going all out uh, at Gators Online, and, and definitely looking forward to to covering that. Um, you know, this is already. You know, we we got to kind of hear from some of these players and Billy, obviously, at, at SEC Media Days. So, you know, I think it's important to, you know, the last, especially the first time that we talked to Austin Armstrong. Nick, you remember, we didn't really get into a lot of the, um, you know, how he feels about the personnel, uh, a lot of things about his scheme. It was a introductory presser of who this guy is. How did he end up at Florida? How did you leave Nick Saban in Alabama? What was it like working with Kirby Smart at Georgia? Like it was so much background stuff and there wasn't a lot of football talk with Austin Armstrong. So I'm interested to see what he has to say and maybe we can pick his brain a little bit more just about how he feels about his personnel, where the installation of some of the things that he wants to run is at. And then obviously um, I think on the offensive side, uh, you know, a lot of people are wanting to know where things are going to be with Micah Mazuka. Uh, you know, he, at least at SEC media days had not been completely cleared yet, according to Billy. Um, but in, you know, talking around town here, um, and then obviously some, some, you know, seeing him inside the facility when I had the opportunity to go, like the guys in there working and, um, he's certainly on schedule to be ready for the season. I think whether he's out there on the first day, um, and if he's limited is something we're all going to be watching, or maybe Billy will tell us that. Uh, when we meet with him on Sunday, but uh, you know where that offensive line is at, as you as you mentioned, especially after some some shuffling pieces there. You know, in hindsight, Nick, the addition of Lindell Hudson is huge, uh, given that Goodwin has moved on, and uh, you know I, I think everyone had him penciled in as as a, at the very least the backup to George, and then you have Jordan Herman over there at left tackle, but. Um, I think the addition of Hudson is going to be huge now because that, that gives you depth at tackle. Yeah. Um, the offensive line, I think if, I think this number could be wrong. I haven't done that one yet. Have still have to write that uh, room preview, but I think they have 17 scholarship offensive yep. linemen right now. Um, and, and not all of those guys are going to be ready to play, you know, um, but might have to play, um, you know, Cam Waits, I, I think listening to Billy, Cam waits it. You shouldn't expect to see him this year based on what Billy said at SEC media days coming back off of his um, Achilles injury. Um, what can you get out of a Roger Kearney and, and a Najee Harris? I think at least Harris uh, at, at guard, if Mike and Mazuka is hampered at all, might have to play right away. Um, and it seems like Roger Kearney is being kind of groomed to be uh, Kingsley's successor uh, mm -hmm. at, at center. So, you look at the guys and, and uh, can Jalen Farmer play? He was in a non-contact for most of spring. What does he look like? And then the biggest thing for me with Mizuka and, and you were able to see him. Um, 
having had a shoulder injury myself, it's it's the the pushing motion and, and extending out in front like that is is tough. That hurts. Um, after surgery, doing the rehab, that hurts. That's his whole job. His whole job is to push uh, 330 pound men uh, who are also pushing him. So where is his shoulder strength back mm-hmm. coming back from, uh, you know, surgery, then doing rehab? And, and where's his overall strength? Because when you have a surgery like that, you, you can't lift. You're, you're not doing anything upper body. Um, so where is he um, going to be on August 31st? And, and where will his health be at the beginning of the season? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we will hopefully get some answers on that Sunday and then certainly see what his status is throughout that first week of practice. Uh, and I also want to mention that we will hear from Mark Hockey as well on Sunday. He actually kicks things off at 9.15 a.m. And then you also got Rob Sale meeting with the media, Austin Armstrong, and then Billy uh, to finalize things before we get to hear from you know, the players and, and uh, you know, where, where things stand with them. But uh, then we get to go out the following day, Nick, and hit the practice field. And, uh, of course, these guys are just going to be in helmets and shorts. Um, there's going to be no hitting. But this will be our first time seeing this team since they've been through their strength and conditioning program. Uh, you know, some of the gains and some of the losses that were made throughout the summer. This is our first time getting to see these guys. And um, that was documented right when the roster came out. But then I had some more you know, details in, in, in my feature that came out this week, just about some of the guys that have really transformed their bodies. Um, is there anybody in particular, Nick? Uh, you know, we're not going to see anybody in pads. So just from a physique standpoint, is there anybody that you really want to see just kind of where they're at physically? Yeah, um, some of the freshmen. Uh, I think when you look at freshmen, uh, depending on where they went to school or, or how they grew up, maybe haven't always had a great diet, maybe haven't always had uh, access to uh, a, a great workout facility, a great weight room. And you start to see freshmen come in and, and they look like a different human being. Um, what does Andy Jean look like? Um, what, is, what does Miguel Mitchell look like? I think he's mm-hmm. a guy who I think might have to play. And um, from what I've been told, he's played a little bit uh, down in the box, like a linebacker uh, a little bit uh, as well. So that you got to be bigger uh, then, you know, 200 pounds to, to do that. So um, one of the pictures you sent me from from uh, your day uh, at the swamp party, I'm looking at these guys and, and like Max Brown looks like a tight end. Um, just <laughs> just thick two C's. Uh, Jaden Hill looked massive. Jaden Hill looked like a small linebacker. Uh, it, it looks like these guys have, have really added on size. And um, I'll be interested to ask Mark Hockey, how much they do because once you get to the season you're you're trying to maintain but you're going to lose weight mass size in camp uh and then as the season goes on you're yeah. going to continue to lose you can, you can work out every day but you're just going through the grind of practice and games and and it's not it's 
I want to know what his philosophy is on how much we're trying to gain in the offseason because we know there's going to be some diminishing returns during the year. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, too, you know, one guy that I was, uh, you know, surprised, I guess, but maybe not when you dig into his background, but somebody who's really made some strides in terms of his development physically is Tony Livingston, the freshman tight end. And, and as you know, Nick, that is a position where the Gators are looking for playmakers. They're looking for young guys to step up. I think we all expect Arliss Boardingham is kind of kind of going to be that first guy in line, as especially getting that single digit number. Um, that that might be saying something. Um, but Tony Livingston is is a really interesting prospect, a guy who was originally recruited as an offensive lineman by the previous staff. Um, Dropped a bunch of weight as he continued to play basketball in high school. Maybe not a bunch of weight, but when he came to Florida, he was only 215 pounds. And um, he, as of you know last week when I was in there, is weighing 246 pounds. Uh, so he's not only added 31 pounds since he enrolled in January, but he's added almost 30 pounds of muscle mass, which is pretty significant. And uh, the other guy... Nick, that's really transformed his body. And, and I think the Gators, they need, they need some guys to step up at wide receiver. Uh, Marcus Burke, man, <laughs> that dude uh, is ripped. And, you know, he's 200 pounds now. He played at, at 186 last year, according to Kelsey Gomes. Um, he has really stepped up, not only from a leadership standpoint and just where he is as a person, but but also physically, um, he he's really taken some strides. So I'm interested to see how that shows up on the field because he needs to be a guy that is, at the very least, heavy in that two deep rotation, pushing for a starting job. Um, and, and physically, he's definitely made some strides. And then, in terms of the guys that have lost weight, uh, I think maybe the most intriguing guy who led all the players was Jalen Farmer. Um, I've you know. I've always kind of been he's been one of the guys, Nick, that I've like, I can't wait to see how he develops because Georgia wanted him so bad when he was a recruit. And I think Auburn as well, like there were so many SEC schools, but specifically Georgia that were trying to flip him from Florida mm -hmm. after the coaching change. And it did not happen. And then he comes in as a true freshman. And he was Osiris, Osiris Torrance's backup basically the whole year um, until he got hurt. And he's, you know, recovered from surgery that he had on his arm he's dropped 23 pounds and kelsey gomes raved about him billy raved about him and then when i saw him in the facility i was like whoa <laughs> that guy uh, he doesn't look like an offensive lineman uh, that's how in shape he is and um as you know nick because of um you know they lost obviously good when that tackle but because of weights um you know in his at some point in the season, Billy said they're hoping to have him back, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be for the opener. They need Jalen Farmer ready to go right away. Another guy who doesn't look like an offensive lineman, Austin Barber. Yeah, like Austin Barber might have like a like a four pack. Guys, just <laughs> just just lean. Um, expecting big things from him um, yeah. this year, and uh, that's going to be a huge huge position. So Florida. I think I feel good about the offensive line. I think we'll learn a little bit more once camp starts. But when you look at this team, you need the offensive line mm. to be able to dictate games, to be able to 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 have 
you know, Billy come up to them and say, Hey, we need a seven play drive right now. And we need eight play drive, nine play drive. And we need to run the ball. You guys just have to man up and push some guys around. So you're going to have to, there's going to be multiple times against Utah and throughout the year where the offensive line will just be challenged and say, Hey, we have to run the football. You've got a ton of running backs. Um, I've heard great things about Cam Carroll. Um, for, I've, I've gone from being like, what is this guy doing? coming to this running back room for his last year of eligibility being like, you, you got to figure out a way to get him on the field. Um, so yeah. the offensive line is going to be huge. I, I don't know how much depth there is. So health and, and nagging mm. injuries and, and, and injuries will be huge to watch. You need to put some of these offensive linemen in bubble wrap during fall camp. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, they, they can't afford to have any other guys go down, and I think that we saw that uh, in the spring game. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing what that group looks like. I mean, you lost four starters, so um, that is going to be you know, where that where that position is at is going to determine, I think, a lot of success on the offensive side of the ball. The Gators will be out there on uh, Monday for the first practice of fall camp. Uh, they will have five practices that first week, uh, and then the Gators are um, scheduled to scrimmage twice uh, during the month of August. The first scrimmage will be uh, August 10th, and the second scrimmage will be August 18th. So um, there is going to be, from what I'm told, at least one practice where the media will be able to attend uh, the entire practice, which is what we had in the spring. And there may be a chance that they even have an open practice to the public. So um, that's still, I think, being determined and what day would make sense. And um, I think well, the probably, day the day that was tweeted yesterday yeah. or on yeah. Thursday, there isn't even a practice schedule that day. Yes. So yes. Uh, an intern might have gotten something wrong uh, on Twitter, uh, but it's not. Uh, it's a possibility, which is, to me is crazy. Um, I, I was because you would think they would only do it in the spring, not in the fall. I wasn't right? expecting to get open practices in. And listen, we get fifteen minutes of individual drills. Uh, we see the exact same thing every day. Um, but I wasn't even expecting to get uh, media open time in the fall. You get you get it in the spring because you're not really preparing for a team for an for an opponent. You're just working on yourself in the spring. Um, so, you know, last week when we got our schedule, I was like, oh, wow, uh, a lot of open stuff to us. And then, uh, very surprised that you're going to have a, uh, a fully open practice. Yeah. Um, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Uh, I think the media boys and girls are going to be able to get in there. So that's, uh, that's exciting for us. Um, and you know, I, I hate I'll take any type of access that we can get when it comes to practice. Anything that we can do besides mm-hmm. that little 15-minute window that we get is is great. We'd love to get in there for a scrimmage. Um, so, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. we'll we'll have you guys covered at Gators Online. So make sure that you uh, 
stick along with Nick and I as we uh, take you into Sunday, take you into Monday, and then all through the month of August. Um, want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, My Perfect Franchise, and Andy, who's been rocking with us for uh, some time now and doing a great job. Um, and if you are interested uh, in My Perfect Franchise, uh, this could be for you if you are ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream. Um, you're looking for a side hustle while working your current job, or you're just wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy. Andy can help. Uh, he is a franchise consultant uh, as well as a franchise owner. And, um, you know, he helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, their financial requirements, and their time to commit. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling and texting him at 404-493-9901. Nick, as we head into fall training camp for the Florida Gators, I think uh, me and you and I think a lot of fans out there uh, are going to have their eyes on some particular position battles uh, that are going to play out over the next few weeks. I think one is obvious and that's the quarterback spot although i don't know how long that race is going to play out uh throughout the course of camp uh billy alluded to that some at sec media days but in your mind nicholas what are some of the top battles that you're waiting to see in camp um yeah obviously quarterback but i think that that'll play itself out pretty quickly um I'm interested if it drags see, out, that would be bad. Yeah, I'm interested to see wide receiver. Ricky Pearsall's played a little bit outside, but um, is that out of necessity, or or is someone like Jaquavion Frazier's and, and Caleb Douglas going to step up uh, and, and be able to play the X and the Z and, and let Pearsall stay uh, in, in the slot? Um, Derek Wingo like has bided his time <laughs> since 2020. Uh, he's been here learning a new position. He was a, he was a pass rusher at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, then had to learn to play inside linebacker at the college level. All of a sudden, a six-year kid comes from Ohio State um, and takes his spot while Wingo's going, you know, rehabbing two different surgeries. Can Derek mm. Wingo? Um, who has become kind of a vocal leader in the locker room and a guy that people look up to, is he out? <laughs> Can he get his starting spot back? And what's, what's going to happen with Trahaja Mitchell and, and, and Wingo and, uh, and who plays next to Shamar James at, at safety? Can Kamari Wilson start or did RJ Moten come and, and take his spot uh, in, in the transfer portal? So I think there's a bunch of ones that, who starts on the other side of Jason Marshall at cornerback? Is it, is it Jalen Kimber? Is it Jaden Hill? Is it Devin Moore? Um, you've got a bunch of guys there and, and you've got a bunch of freshmen um, defensive backs, Jakeem Jackson, Deshaun Johnson. There, there's a bunch of guys um, that young guys do who, how quickly can they get themselves ready to play and, and can they make an impact? Mm -hmm. You know, one battle that I don't think, uh, people are talking about and that's because it's kind of irrelevant but um hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun 
Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. I mean, uh, who's going to be RB1? I think obviously it was Montreal all last season. Um, but you know, if you pay attention to these things, uh, Trevor Etienne was named the running back of the spring and got the Emmett Smith award by the staff. Um, and as we know, he's, he's, he's been the guy that's kind of getting more of the preseason hype more so than Montrell. Um, I think they're obviously both going to get probably the same amount of carries, uh, or close to it. I think both of them can be 800-yard backs this season, and if they are, that'll be the first time that that's ever happened in school history for two running backs to rush for 800. Um, so, but I, I mean, I think that there's a chance that Trevor could be the the guy um, and, and earn that starting job. Again, I don't think it, it matters that much at that position, but that is something to watch mm-hmm. for going into camp a few weeks ago. Nick, we did some position battles to watch. And one of them that I had on there was right tackle. And that's, I think, no longer a spot. Um, you know, that is all Damian George. Although hearing what uh, Cole Kublik had to say about him from what Nick Saban told him at Alabama, I, I, it sounds like maybe he was always winning that job over Goodwin, who, who just um, still was not as, as experienced as, as Damian was, even though maybe had more talent and upside. Um, but that's a spot that, that that's pretty much locked down. Um, like you said, I, I think the receiver is going to be interesting because Ricky Pearsall played exclusively outside receiver in the spring game, did not line up in the slot. Uh, and that wasn't just a spring game thing. That was all spring camp. Um, part of that was so that he could develop that in his game. Um, uh, another reason for that is so that he didn't have to come off the field, you know, when they were doing just some one or two receiver sets. Uh, but then the other thing, and I think most intriguingly, is now defenses don't know where he's going to line up. And, you know, you, he he will still play in the slot, but he's going to play both outside receiver spots. Um, they are going to feature him, but because of that, they're going to need some other guys to step up in the slot. They're going to need some other mm-hmm. guys to step up outside. Um, Khalil Jackson, how much, you know, does he um, factor into a starting job potentially at, at wide receiver? I mean, he earned that scholarship. Um, we had a story at Gators Online about that that this week as well. So, um, and then I think on the interior of the defensive line, I mean, uh, personally, I think it's going to be the two transfers. But um, I think that Chris McClellan, Tyreek Sat, both of those guys um, are going to be vying for not just playing time, but starting jobs. And I think they're all going to be in the rotation. Um, but maybe who emerges from that? I think I mean Caleb Banks and. Chris McClellan are both second year players. So um, they're right around kind of the same uh, place in terms of their development. So seeing which one of those guys edges each other at defensive tackle, I do think Cam is clearly going to be the nose, Uh, but you're going to see plenty of Des Watson as well. So um, we'll be covering it all. If you had to pick one spot where you think there'll be uh, an upset, Nick, is there one position where some somebody might win a starting job that you, that you might say is a surprise? Well, I've been, I've been, 
I've written it twice now saying that I think RJ Moten will win a starting job at safety, but there's one we didn't talk about and it's probably because it's special teams, but kicker um, Adam Mahalik was the worst kicker since Austin Harden statistically last year. Um, and Trace Mack didn't even try a field goal. Um, didn't the spring Florida's, game. <clears throat> Florida's not going to blow teams out. Uh, they're not, going to have the roster to just steamroll teams um they might not be able to overcome bad place kicking in games um so you're going to need a reliable kicker um to, to not leave points on the field so that one's interesting to me and if adam mahalik wins that job is that an upset because now you have a kicker who's been on scholarship for two years not winning a job over a walk-on um, and Mahalik was put on scholarship, but you don't need two kickers on scholarship. Uh, if you have two, two kickers on scholarship, one of them better be a freshman and the other one better be a senior yeah. on their way out. And that's not just like you here. didn't need two long snappers on scholarship. <laughs> sure. Didn't. Yeah. That was a lot of mismanagement of the roster. Yeah. Um, but that one, should... that's, that's one that's not sexy. People aren't going to talk about that, but I think, Florida is going to be in close games all year long. They, they're not going to be able to afford to miss go one for three on field goals and beat LSU in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding a reliable, dependable guy there, um, I think is big for them. And shout out to Jeremy Crawshaw, who got Locked a shout down. out from Tony Hill, uh, who runs Florida's athletic training. Uh, who said, uh, <laughs> Jeremy is is the leader of the specialists and sets the tone in the training room. I, I know you're not surprised, Nick. Uh, that that's just what punters do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, other team storylines to follow in practice. Um, certainly, at, at, at punter there will not be any storylines to follow, other than um, I, I guess a, a Ray guy campaign uh, for uh, for your boy Crawshaw. And uh, where that's at, but I, I think defensively, obviously, um, everybody wants to know where that unit is at, how things are going to look with Austin Armstrong. Uh, we'll talk to him about it on Sunday. Um, what are some other just general storylines, maybe outside of specific positions, Nick, um, that you're going to be eyeing in camp? Um, here's one, uh, including walk ons, there's like 70 guys are Billy's guys. Mm. Um, so we've talked a lot about. Well, Florida missed in the portal and they maybe didn't get like the big names that FSU did. And, and there was a lot of, you know, peering over the fence and seeing what your neighbor's yard looked like in the off season, specifically in the transfer portal season. So this is largely Billy Napier's team. Uh, and, and the transfer portal allows you to do things like that. Uh, you know, back in like when Will Muschamp was, was here uh, or Jim McElwain, the thing was, Hey, you got to give them four years to get their guys in. And now you can, You've already done it here yep. in Florida. Billy's already done it. So that's going to be be something to me as a storyline. Like, okay, these are Billy's guys now for the for the large part. These are Billy's mm-hmm. guys, and uh, what can you do with your guys? And I'm still not ready to make wholesale judgments on Billy Napier this year. I don't know that the season will go great in terms of wins and losses. I think six to eight. Um, but what do you look like, and what does the program look like? Is Are, are those – five losses on the year are they devastating losses are you getting blown out and then are you mm. eking out wins or are you beating the teams you're supposed to beat and then showing 
competing more against, you know, at LSU against Georgia um, games like that. No doubt. Um, I think, you know, sticking on the defensive side, obviously that's going to be a theme throughout camp is just how improved that unit looks or can be under Armstrong. I think two spots specifically that maybe don't fall into the position battle category, but have to be better is as edge and more specifically that outside linebacker spot and and then um nickel the star spot i mean that is just those are two positions where the gators just did not have that consistency last season and especially at starts it's not really been there since chauncey garner johnson so is princely uman mielen who got that number one jersey and we we know that that is you know put that in my story that that's not that jersey isn't what it was um, with the previous staff. It's not like they only give it to the best player on offense and the best player on defense. But having said that, Princely is probably going to be the best player on defense or one of them. And I think if he can be that, given the inconsistency that we saw from Brent Cox Jr. starting there last year and you know Antoine Powell having to step in, not being ready to really thrive there yet, Um, I I think he did a solid job, but they need somebody to be elite on the edge. And if Princely can do that, I think that that's going to be huge. And then at the star, like Trevez Johnson has moved on, um, never was really elite at that spot when he when he had it. Can they get somebody Perkins uh, Hill, somebody there to to just make that spot more productive, which I think in turn will really, really help the defense. we will find out. And uh, and then offensively, uh, I mean, a few things. Offensive line, we've mentioned, where is that going to be without, uh, you know, the the starters that they had gone from last season? Um, if it is Graham, as we all expect, what what does that offense look like with him quarterbacking it? And, and how much is, is on his plate? Um, how does he do operating what Billy is asking of him? And I think maybe third and perhaps most importantly, who are Florida's other playmakers weapons on offense? We know the two running backs. We know Ricky Pearsall. That's it, really. I mean, that's I mean, we we expect Caleb Douglas to step up. Um, Jaquavion Frazier's is he next in line? Marcus Burke um, is, is another one of those running backs going to emerge um, who are going to be some of the other guys that. Billy literally creates plays for and 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 dials up things for. Um, that's something that they got to figure out in camp, and something that we're going to be watching. I, I, I honestly, outside of the running backs, Ricky Pearsall. The, the, those are only only three you can it. say for sure. Like that's it. Um, proof in the pudding. Caleb Douglas, sure, but show me. Um, Arliss Boardingham, sure, show me. Arles Borham, talent, sure, show me. Um, there's a lot of guys that just haven't done anything. Uh, whether it's Arles Borham who's only been here for a year or Jaquavin Frazier who's going to his third or fourth year. Yeah. Eugene Wilson. Hello. Get, get, get tough, tough in the 21. That's a tough look. Um, Apparently he wanted that. He, he wore 21 his first two or three years in high school. What did he wear as a senior? One. Hmm. 
Hmm. Also, I th- are, we're getting to a point where like the number one jersey doesn't mean what it used to mean at Florida. Yeah, I was no. trying to think as you were talking about that, the last player I think that should have worn it if you're holding it to the standards of Tony Kiwan Ratliff. Like when um, Tony got it, that was deserved. Kyle Pitts. It, Kadarius Tony was like, okay, sure. Yeah, but Tony Percy, wore that one, though. Percy Harvin, Reggie Nelson, Vernon Hart. We're talking all Americans. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony, Tony was good. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony, Tony Kadarius Tony wore that number one, Nick. He <sighs> he made that number. Are you kidding yeah, me? No, no, yeah. That but like 2020 like, season. But Kyle, yes, but Kyle Pitts is that kind of guy. Like Kyle Pitts should have been in number one. Kadarius Tony's a fine number one, but like. Ricky Pearsall, okay, fine. Like I think he's a really good player, but he's not Percy. He's Hartman. their best. He's, he, not, he's one of their best on offense, so that makes okay, sense. Well, that he's got it. If we're, I guess, if we're holding it to the standard of those players, then Florida wouldn't have issued a number one jersey since 2020. Well, that's what. Remember, that was McElwain's thing. McElwain, like <laughs> it was a whole thing. And then when McElwain got there, nobody's wearing it. The only guy mm-hmm. that got number one at Florida under McElwain was Vernon Hargraves. He and yeah, and he inherited uh Vernon Hargraves in the number one. I was listening to a, I was listening he to did. a he did. Uh, I was listening to his podcast. Vernon Hargraves told a great story. He has uh, a podcast, yeah. Okay, um, he gets to Florida, his name number or gets the number 16. 16, yep. He tells T Rob, Yo, this is BS, no shot. He says, What number do you want? He goes, One, obviously. Um, <laughs> And T-Rob says no. And Vern told him, if I get an interception in the opener, the season opener, he wasn't even starting. Um, if I get a, an interception in the season opener, I get the number one jersey. And T-Rob goes, yeah, sure. No problem. Vern Hargreaves goes out, does, not even starting in the game, goes out and gets a pick. And he tells the story. He goes, I get the ball. I'm running down, uh, get tackled, go down, whatever. He goes, and then my first thought was <laughs> find T-Rob. <laughs> and he said he ran to the sideline and told him, give me that jersey. And sure enough, the next week, Vernon Hargreaves is number one at Miami. And I remember being down in the field, tweeting out, hey, Vernon Hargreaves is in number one. And Florida goes on this, you know, uh, this big PR spin telling me, oh, well, it's a, it's a conflict uh, because Austin Harden is wearing number 16 and Vernon can't play special teams if he's 16. I'm like, that's cool because he's not on any of those special teams. <laughs> It's because 16 is a doo-doo number, and he won number one. And got it. That's such yeah. a cool story. Shout out to uh, Vernon and T-Rob. Shout out to Vernon and T-Rob. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, number one is, you know, in, in this staff's mind, Princely getting number one was no different than Caleb Douglas getting number four. Um, I, I think I think you shouldn't have given Graham Mertz number 15. Unless people are going to make – Big deals have numbers. Um, they will. Like, I, I don't think you should have given. I don't think Anthony should have gone to fifteen. Um, I don't think Graham Mertz should follow and get fifteen. I also don't and, know. And how- we asked. We asked Graham about it. We asked Graham about the numbers. Like, oh, I don't know. That was just in my locker. And I'm just like, hey man, we need like a new a numerologist on staff. You got so many jobs on staff. Can we get a numerologist uh, just to let Billy know? Like, hey man. I mean, stop putting stop putting quarterbacks in fifteen. Number one means a lot to the fan base. Just don't give it to like Des Watson. 
Well, when Xavier Henderson left, I thought that that was like a no-brainer that Trey Wilson would get three. Like, and I yelled it, and they yelled right there. Yeah, I mean, that was just. I mean, like, it's too that that was too easy. But I guess twenty-one means something to him. So maybe he'll switch his number during camp. Maybe he'll walk up to Billy G and say, "If I get a touchdown in this scrimmage, I get number three. So. um We'll definitely make sure that we keep following it and make sure that you guys stay locked to Gators online. Nick and I cannot wait to get out there on the grass and uh, see what this 2023 Florida football team has to offer. I want to give a shout out to uh, Prairie Dental Center. Um, and this uh, episode is brought to you by them. Their doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and has developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of personalized care options to meet your individual needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you and your new patient exam will be free. And um, as we wrap up, this show, Nicholas, um, I want to uh, kind of take some time to, to talk about uh, this feature that we had this week at Gators Online. And we were fortunate to be able to go and uh, you know get a day inside the facility, um, not just to cover uh, Mark Hockey and the training room and the nutrition station, but also uh, their picture day, their media day that they had, which, you know, in most years isn't anything special. This year it was uh, because it was the first time that the football team got to use the view, um, which is they call it the swamp view. It is the only uh, well, they are the only school in the country that has this LED um, virtual production studio on campus. Um, and it is something that they debuted with, you know, the basketball team with some of the other sports teams on campus. But what they did for the media day shoot uh, was next level. They brought in like this Unreal Engine, which is like a 3D uh, thing. And they turned this whole studio into a swamp and had trees and plants. And um, it was legit. No phones were allowed in there. So I didn't get to take any photos or videos. But um, they're going to start releasing that stuff. I, I, I Maybe they'll tease it on social media before the season. But definitely in the swamp, uh, in the stadium, they're going to be showing it on game day. So, uh Encourage fans to look out for that content because it was really cool. Um, and then also just got to, uh, I mean, I'd never seen a workout before and and wanted to see kind of how things are in that facility in terms of how Mark Hawk and his staff run things, uh, what the regimen is like. And, um, of course, in typical Billy fashion, Nick, um, did, didn't just want – that aspect of his pro program covered. He wanted it all highlighted. Uh, as hockey said, they have a four headed monster that they, that they have uh, kind of their organization based off of. And that's through strength and conditioning, sports science, uh, nutrition, and then the athletic training room. And uh, for Florida to have this new facility, have everything right there in this, you know, 13,000 square foot hub, um, it was interesting to see how it all works, how they all intertwine with each other. And, um, you know, I, I think it is a very unique setup. Uh, you know, I got to kind of see how the secret sauce is made. 
without giving away too much stuff. There was actually one section of my story where I had to take out some uh, quotes because uh, Mark Hockey was giving away a little bit too many details, uh, Nick. But um, it was great to to just see them at work, visit with Hockey, and I and I know that you can um, appreciate this, Nick. Like he he said in that story, and then to me off the record, like yo. This, you know, there was some pushback last year to us coming in here as a new staff, a new strength staff. And um, as many Florida fans know, like Nick Savage was really beloved by players. And while I I think many players were ready for a coaching change uh, from a head coaching standpoint, from maybe an assistant coaching standpoint, a lot of guys did not want Nick Savage to leave. So um, Mark, Mark Hockey was uh, the kid eating lunch by himself in high school. (laughs) Nobody, nobody was walking over to that table. It, it just goes to you spend more time with the strength staff and the and the head strength and conditioning coach than you do with maybe even your position coach, and certainly yep. more than the head coach. Um, I remember, I think just the way Dan handled uh, even like telling the team he was leaving, it's like in and out, like yo, by the way, peace. They're giving me a bunch of money. I'm out of here. Um, but See, Nick yep. Savage, Nick Savage was their dude. Ooh, uh, breaking news, Nick, as we uh, as we record this show on a Friday. Um, open practice in the swamp August 5th for fans to come out and check. So we teased it a little bit earlier in this episode. Um, like, like Nick said, maybe somebody put out some wrong dates uh, initially. But uh, August 5th from 2.30 to 4.30 inside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Uh, it will be an open practice for fans. Admission is free. Uh, you can enter through gate one and gate six. And um, gate 18 will serve as the only exit point at the end of practice. So um, definitely encourage fans to come out and uh, check out what this team has to offer. Um, it, it was it was really cool, Nick, to get that inside look at how they run things. And, you know, you hear all the time, hey, we, we've got – we're a family in here. Like, we – we have a culture that where where people are close, like where where guys care about each other. It's one thing for for folks to say that; it's another thing for us to see it and to be in there and see, you know, Alex Watson or or Alex Watkins get cornered in the weight room and, and picked up by a bunch of players, and they, uh, you know, take him through all these different rooms and throw him into the cold plunge pool for his birthday. Um, to see Marcus Burke and Justice Boone like rush outside to join some of their teammates who are just in this heat going through this conditioning test that they had failed and they had to do it again. uh, And they weren't going to be able to stop until they passed. Like these two dudes were done with their workout. They could have gone on about their day and they literally both ran outside and not only, you know, stood there and, and watched these guys and cheer them on, they actually jumped in the workout and did the con- conditioning test with them. Um, I just don't know if this team in the past had that much, was that close. Um, and there was that type of leadership. And, and, and one of those guys, Justice Boone, like he got named the, the Warful Man of the Month uh, for this past month. He was singled out by every single coach that I talked to, Mark Hockey, um, Tony Hill, and Kelsey Gomes as well for just the leadership that he shows in every single one of those rooms. And um, I think that it, it is, you know, to that point that you mentioned earlier, Nick, about 
70 of these players or whatever the percentage is being Billy Napier's guys, like there is that buy-in is there now. Um, that, that real family and that real culture that Billy was always trying to build and get towards it's, it's in a totally different place than it was a year ago. I got to see that up close and personal. Now, how much of a difference will that make on the field this fall? We'll find out, but it's clear that they are progressing in the right uh, spot. And I tell you what, man, from a, um, just from an athletic training standpoint, like all the stuff that they've been doing with these guys and all the weight gains that they've made and all the speed improvements that's taken place and this whole factory that they've turned this new facility into, I find it hard to imagine that like there aren't going to be some guys on that roster that make some serious gains this year and have that show up on the field. So um, uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out after getting to see how that sauce is made. You, you got lost in the sauce. I, I did, did get lost in the sauce. That's right. Um, uh, I tell you what, I, I, I would uh, I would gladly take any meals that Kelsey would want to prepare me. I even lobbied the next time that you're doing a cooking class uh, for the players. I will gladly come and cover that and even be a, a guinea pig uh, testing. So uh, we'll get to hear from Mark on Sunday. Uh, his thoughts on, on where this team is at heading into fall camp and um, how they did in their regimen phase. You can read some of that uh, and a lot more at Gators Online in this uh, in this feature that we have. Uh, the title of the story, Four-Headed Monster Powers the Player Experience at Florida. So uh, I tell you what, if you read that and you go on YouTube and you watch this new Florida Gators highlight that came out this week, um, I think you'll be ready for football season. Ready um, to go. <laughs> it's it's here, man. So um, <laughs> next time that Nick and I join you, uh, it will probably be – I don't know when we'll do it, Nick, but we'll we'll do a video from the stadium at some point this weekend just to just to give you guys the feel uh, of what it's like to be there. So um, before we uh, wrap up the show, I want to give a shout out to our final sponsor, uh, RogueShop.com. I want to encourage all Florida fans to go check it out if you have issues uh, sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress. Uh, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC edibles, smokables, and vapes as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, and massage oils. Uh, Rogue Shop is a true small business, disabled, veteran-owned, black-owned woman company, uh, or woman-owned company. They have five employees, make all of their products with their own cannabis in their own manufacturing facility. Visit RogueShop.com. That's R-U-G-U-E Shop.com. And uh, that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, happy to be back on the airwaves with Nick. Uh, we've both got a chance to take some time off in the month of July and uh, recharge our batteries for camp. But uh, I think we're ready to get out there, Nick. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, always vote for quotes, and we'll get a bunch of quotes on Sunday, so make sure you're tuned in on Sunday. And if you're listening to this, I think we'll have a uh, fall camp special running soon. So uh, with Ooh. the season around the corner, it's going to be uh, it's always a great time to be on Gators Online. Absolutely. Well, uh, make sure you guys stay locked into the site, locked into the show and our YouTube channel, and uh, we will keep you guys up with the latest news from Florida Football Camp. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.